Hey, my name is John Bonham. Welcome to my podcast, Daddy Confessions. I'm an educator and father of two boys. This podcast is for dads and about dads. We will talk about things that dads are faced with as they go through their journey in fatherhood. This podcast is for every kind of dad, from soon-to-be dads to those dads who are now empty nesters. Welcome to another episode of Daddy Confessions. Tonight, I have joining me an old friend uh, from my days traveling around uh, in in boarding school admissions. Uh, I met this this young gentleman many years ago uh, when I was uh, traveling uh, in in boarding school admissions and all over the the country, uh, you know, telling people about the boarding school where I worked. And, you know, I kind of looked to him as someone who had been, you know, doing it a little bit longer than I had and and had some good insight for me. So um, welcome, Colin. I'm going to let you introduce yourself to the people. Hi, JB. Um, First of all, I want to thank you for having me. Um, And it's nice to be able to uh, see you after such a long time. so my name is Colin Lord, and um, I consider myself an educator. I spent most of my professional career working in enrollment management and addressing issues around equity and access. Um, I'm a father of two, hence my um, participation here today. Um, I have a son, um, Colin Jr. He goes by CJ, who turned 14 in January. Ooh. And I have a daughter named Zora who is going to be 10 years old tomorrow. Oh, so wow. she's ecstatic about that. Um, I was born in North London, England, and I grew up in Barbados. Um, I went to a secondary school there called Common Mare. So if anyone who's familiar with Rihanna, she went to my secondary school. <laughs> it's my secondary school because I was there first. <laughs> and um, I moved to New York City um, when I was 16 years old and kind of got thrown into the public school system um, with absolutely no um, support or navigation. Um, And um, I kind of stumbled into college. (laughs) And I think that's one of the reasons why I got involved in college admissions um, during my career, because um, my process was haphazard at best. And so, I've been working in enrollment management for the better part of my career, both at the school level as well as the college um, level. And uh, I currently live in um, Chicago, Chi-Town. I live um, in North Kenwood. For those of you who are not familiar, it's pretty close to Hyde Park. Um, And um, my wife um, is also of Caribbean descent. She was born in Jamaica and moved to New York when she was eight. And she is also an educator. Oh, you know what? I don't think I even knew that. I did not realize that, actually. Yeah. Um, and so you guys met in New York or you guys met after college or when did you guys meet? Um, I, so um, <laughs> when I went back to my work at my alma mater two years after I graduated, my now wife was a senior there. Okay. And um. And she was actually dating uh, a guy who was in the first 
cohort of a flyback program that I started my senior <laughs> year. So it's, you know, it's very incestuous. Um, but um, and both of us, uh, you know, we were involved in our alumni association and, you know, we kind of reconnected several years later uh, when I lived in Atlanta and her best friend lived in Atlanta. Ooh. And Ooh. so, um, yeah, so we kind of reconnected then. Well, I should say we connected then. There was no connection before. <laughs> All right, man. That's cool. Hey, man, you know, I love to hear, you know, other people's stories. It's hilarious. I was actually just, I was thinking my, to myself the other day, I was like, oh, my wife and I, we met online and I cannot, re- for the life of me, remember the dating website that we met on, right? <laughs> and, I haven't, and I haven't stopped to ask her. It was one of the major ones. So it was like, I, I can't remember the name of it. So, but, but you know, those at this point, like after you've been together for so long, like those, right. little, those little, little things like that are, right. are just little pieces of the bigger puzzle. Right. Yeah. And so, um, so you've been with your wife, you guys have been married for how long? Uh, 16 years, 16 years. So you guys waited a little while, a couple of years waited, before yeah. your well, son was born. Truth be told, I waited. <laughs> I, I was, you know, I, um, I, I don't admit to be uh, quick on the draw, <laughs> so it took me a little time to figure out that um, you know this was the real deal. Hey, you know, so, hey, you gotta gotta do it in your time. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So that's how that works. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so when you guys got married, when you and your wife got married, did you guys always know that you wanted to to have kids, or well, was that something that was a negotiation? Well, <laughs> we definitely knew that we wanted to be parents. Um, after my son was born, I was ready to close up shop. Mm. Um, I, I pleaded my case for a couple of years, pulled out, um, graphs and <laughs> spreadsheets and, you know, try to argue that, you know, this was the best way to be, um, financially solvent and still be parents. Um, as you can see, um, upper management <laughs> vetoed that <laughs> reality. And um, I remember telling my wife, because I had a Mercedes at the time, I had an ML 500 sports edition. It was very nice. Um, and I remember telling my wife, well, if you want a second kid, you better name that kid Mercedes. Because <laughs> you can't afford this bad boy with two kids. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, like, you know, Zora was born, Mercedes was gone. Um, and uh, I won't admit this to my wife, but it was the best decision she ever made for both of us. There you go. Because, there you, um, go. you know, I just can't imagine what life would be without um, my little princess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's fantastic, man. I, you know what? Everybody's got they, their own individual stories on that, right? Yeah. I made the mistake and, and asked my wife if she wanted to have a third after she just gave birth to our second. You and I'm glad she said no. And I'm glad, I, I'm glad I had the wrong timing on that because, you know, we, yep. two, two and three, that's what she told me. And we, I'm how, happy with how that. How far apart are your kids, JB? They are three years, almost three okay. years apart. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So the one thing, if anyone's listening to this and um, you know, they're thinking about having more kids, one thing I would say is this. We waited until CJ was out of diapers. Mm-hmm. And then started that whole thing again. Yeah, yeah that's, that's was, bad timing, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, one thing I remember to myself, I wish in hindsight we had done it close together so you can just deal with 
all of those things and be done with it. Yeah. Um, but even though the four years apart, um, they have a relationship that uh, that still amazes me. That's great. Um, they are incredibly tight. When CJ started school, I was going out to see him. I can't remember why, but I found out at the last minute that Zora had the day off, the Friday off. And so I got her a ticket and we surprised him. That's fantastic. But his reaction, um, it was it, it was it was pretty amazing. It was, he was excited amazing. to see his sister. That's I mean, fantastic, he, man. I mean, he held her so tight. I mean, it was just, yeah, it was uh yeah, it, it was a beautiful thing. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so, um, you know, that actually leads me to a, a very interesting point and something that I really I wanted to to talk about a little bit um, <laughs> because, you know, I went to boarding school. You and I both worked in boarding school admissions, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and, you know, I always thought it was an option. It is still an option for my boys when it comes to high school. I had never thought about it earlier than that. Uh, and and CJ uh, it just finished his first year at boarding school. Is that right? Eighth grade, yep, yep. And he, so fifth grade. Eighth grade, eighth, eighth grade. grade. Sorry, eighth grade. Well, I don't know why I said fifth grade. Eighth grade. Um, and uh, and that's 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 quite the the er, not the the early start, but it's it's different than most people, right? There are quite a few kids who go to boarding school from middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they have the schools specifically because kids go to boarding school from middle school. How was that um, experience? What was that conversation like leading up? to his decision. I'm assuming it was his decision. He wanted he wanted to go, right? So I guess the short answer is yes. He wanted to go. Um, as you know, um, I guess for your listeners, uh, I worked eight years in the admissions office at Church Rose Mary Hall. Both my kids were born while I worked there and they both lived on that campus. Mm, so they know so CJ uh, for the first, I think uh his first six, seven years, he lived on that campus and that's what he knows. And so he's always had this idea that ultimately when he starts high school, it will be at Cho. Um, my, uh, so my kids were attending a private charter school called Village Leadership Academy. And um, it worked really well for us because the two women who founded the charter school were actually students of a good friend of mine who's a professor at UIC, University of Illinois, Chicago. And they started this school with a mission around social justice. And I was really attracted to the school um, after I found out that um, students have presented at at the state capitol around issues um, that concern them. Um, And CJ actually, um, did a speak out, I think they called it, where they basically got on trains and they, between stops, the students would get up and present to the passengers about the issue that they would um, addressing. And it just blew my mind because wow. CJ, I was a lot, CJ was a lot like me when I was his age in that he was very introverted, very shy. So when he told me like, daddy, I'm about to go get on you know, uh, trains in Chicago on the L and I'm going to do this. I was really, really surprised and very proud. Wow. Um, and it's interesting because it's the social justice stuff that got me out of my, um, shell. Mm. Granted, 
it was a lot later when I was in college, but you know, um, so in any case, the pandemic happened and, um, my kids were doing virtual um, school for the last part of the school year. And it was a mixed bag. Mm -hmm. um, most of the teachers, you know, um, pivoted pretty easily, but there were a couple who seemed to always have problems logging on, even though there were three, four weeks into this. Um, and, and, and at that point I, I turned to my wife, you know, the, the educator, um, and, um, and we had a conversation about homeschooling our kids. And so my wife um, did all the due diligence, checking or embedding all of the um, possible platforms. Um, and then she decided on one, which is called A, a Time to Learn, I think okay. is the name of the um, platform. And so um, for my son's seventh grade, my daughter's uh, fourth, uh, third grade, we had them homeschooled. And so it was at that time, um, not knowing where we were going with this pandemic and not having a lot of um, 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 hope right. <laughs> in terms of us getting out of this quickly. When it was going to be over, um, yeah. Exactly. I wasn't sure where we would be this current school year. And what I didn't want to do is I didn't want to have my son be homeschooled two years and then throw him into high school. I think that would be cruel and unusual punishment. Yeah. Um, and so I came up with the idea of junior boarding school. And then I, it occurred to me that I had to present that to my wife. <laughs> so, you know, prayed on it, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. yeah. And I presented to her and like, I was actually kind of surprised at her reaction. Um, she didn't break down. She didn't hit me. She didn't know it wasn't it wasn't a hard no. So we discussed. And then when she was on board, um, we took it to CJ. And um, one of the things I will say about the young man is that he is very pragmatic. He's always been that way. And so when I presented to him the reason behind us making this recommendation and I should share to him that it would be a good way to prepare him for senior boarding school. Um, um, there was no reluctance. He, he, he jumped on board. And so the reality is I only, we only applied to one boarding, one junior boarding school. Gotcha. Um, we applied to the face school. We applied to the face school because there were two people in administration who I've known for well over a decade. Yeah. Um, one is Susan Matia. Great. Um, going great to, you know, great, amazing young woman who yes. worked in admissions with us when she, she was at Andover at the time. And the then director of enrollment management is a woman named Beth Whitney. And she was my former colleague of mine at CHIP. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we applied to one school. He got in. Um, he was funded and it was a go. And I still... Let me look around, make sure my wife ain't listening to this. <laughs> it was like the night before we were leaving or two nights before we were leaving to take him to school. And I remember I had a near um, panic attack. Mm. I was lying in bed and I thought to myself, what the hell am I doing? Now, to provide some context, I've worked with students as you have in boarding school. Yeah. And um, unlike you, I've seen the transformation that can take place. 
Right. And um, I am still in contact with some incredibly amazing folks that um, were at show when I was there. As a matter of fact, I'm going to a wedding on Saturday in Dallas for our former choke um student who was also the captain of the track team my um my first year at Chote. and so right. um like I, I i see what it can do and when i worked at a better chance um and when i worked at Chote, i used to start presentations by saying um i don't have no kids so take what i say with a grain of salt <laughs> you know um and um but i've got empathy i i i to some degree understood how hard it must be for parents um, to let their kids go, especially us right. um, being a black man in America. Right. And I know if you've heard, but like there's been some really tragic situations going on Absolutely. for the past couple of years. Um, so I had that anxiety attack, but I held it together. I kept it for my wife because she, she would have lost it if I had shared that with her. Um, and we drove out to um, South Borough, South Borough, Massachusetts in the fall. And I was really, really impressed with how my wife handled it. She didn't fall apart. You know, she wasn't hysterical or anything like that. I was really impressed. Um, The crazy thing is, I've seen my son, what, at least half a dozen times. Uh Um, Either myself going out there or him coming back home. And every time, it's like every time I had to say goodbye, it got more difficult. For right. some reason. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I went out there a couple of weeks ago, um, because I had to get him a suit and get it um get his haircut, and um he had to go to the dentist. And we went and did some, did some shopping, and he asked for a pair Air Force Ones. So I got Uh-oh. to buy him his first Air Force. <laughs> you know, like, but for those of, for those of us who know, they know that that's that's a, that's a big deal. Um, Real, man. Yeah. Yeah. And we went to dinner and I saw I just sat there and watched him like vacuum up. <laughs> uh, um, and, we, and we also got to spend some time with some Chote alums um, who live in the area. Some um, young men that I um, had the opportunity to work with. And then when we, and then when I dropped him off at his dorm, you know, we said goodbye and I got in the car and I, I got all emotional. Yeah. You know, um, I was making gully sounds, a la <laughs> Mike Tyson. Um, and I was just like, it was really hard. To, and then right after I get it together, he sends me a text that says, Dad, I really love you a lot. Thank you for taking the oh, time. Man. Oh, <laughs> man. Talk to, you know. Um, but all that said, um, I don't regret making the decision. Um, as we've seen with the students we worked with before, the growth over the past school year has been amazing. Yeah. Um, he's gotten so much mature. Yeah. Um, you know, we do, like he he owns stuff now. It's awesome. You know, before you had to kind of like connect the dots, but right. now he just owns um, his decisions and so on. And I think he's had a really great experience academically. And um, I think that Faye is where he found his tribe. Um, and I say that because my son is an atypical Southside Chicago boy. Um, he doesn't play basketball. You know, he's not um, he's not overly fond. Uh, he likes it, but he's not like really into rap. He doesn't play um, um, any video games except for um, uh, 
he doesn't play like the, the shoot him up video games and stuff like that, whatever. Um, and he plays squash and he's a swimmer. So, um, you know, (laughs) I, I feel like when he went to Faye, he found students that were like him in terms of interest, um, and, um, demeanor and, and, and everything else. So, um, it's gone well for him. Uh, This spring he um, ran track. I ran track in college. So, um, it's, uh, you know, it warmed my heart because, you know, I told you in the beginning, I'm, I'm British and I played soccer, um, you know, most of my life. Yeah. Neither one of my kids picked up a sport <laughs> and I was writing them out of my will. But then, uh, <laughs> but then well, when my son decided to pick track and field and he's running the same events I did, he's doing the sprints. And so, um, yeah, I'm very, very excited about watching him do that and developing that also. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So, so, so he's in eighth. So he just finished, he's finished up eighth grade, just finished. Right. So is the plan to stay at Faye for another year? Yep. So the plan is that he will do ninth grade at Faye. Okay. And I've already had a conversation with him about repeating ninth. Gotcha. High school. Hey. And the rationale behind that is um, I've never been one to, I've never been someone who understood the rush. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of um, um, students who want to excel um, or do a program, three-year programs instead of four-year programs, right. do an undergraduate degree and a master's degree in four years. Yeah, I don't get it. I, I, I just don't understand what that's all about. And I just felt like um, where my son is, I think he would be, um, he'd have the, um, the best advantage if he were to repeat ninth and just really have the opportunity to go deep into the curriculum. Yeah. And I explained all these things to him. And yet again, he was like, okay. Yo, <laughs> you know, and, and, um, you talking to somebody who did it. I'm a five year high oh, yeah? school. Per- yeah, man, I did it. I did ninth go. grade. and I repeat, I did ninth grade in my public high school. Then I repeated ninth grade, had the full four year experience in boarding school. So I get it. Uh, and, yeah. and I tell people all the time, like at this point, I'm just old. Like nobody <laughs> knows that I did five year high school. You know, five years of high school. I tell you what it did do is that it made my college experience that much more different than I think my counterparts because different I was more mature. Way. Absolutely, yeah. I was yeah. more mature. I was more ready. I mean, I was ready for it. Yeah. Um, you know, it actually meant that I could buy beer earlier. Um, <laughs> you know, all those kind of good things that people oh, don't. Hey, so it, yeah. it, it, it worked out. I had a great, I had a great experience. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade anything for it at all. So I get it. Excellent for sure. Excellent. Yeah, man, that's fantastic, man. I, I am so excited to hear that CJ's having a great experience and. You know, knowing the school as well as I do, I know that he has some great people around him um, that are, uh, you know, you had to be a special kind of person to work in the junior boarding school already, Um, let alone somebody who works in boarding school. I I speak for us having worked in boarding school. You got to be special people to to take on that responsibility. Right. So junior boarding school is like next level. Uh, (laughs) And so um, I'm glad he's having a a really good experience. And uh, I'm sure you guys have some some great things planned to do as a family this summer. Um, having him having him home. Are the kids going away to any camps or anything for the summer? So, um, 
Zora School, um, VLA, they have a summer camp and CJ is actually going to be a camp counselor there this summer. So he'll get to continue to, you know, develop more responsibility, awesome. um, manage that type of stuff. But uh, in the afternoons, you know, we are going to um, work on, um, you know, his track drills and work on that type of stuff. Um, um, my kid's cousin is coming from New York, um, Michaela. Okay. She's about the same age as um, Zora. And so we'll be spending quite a bit of time either on bikes or on a tennis court. Um, but the plan is that this summer is going to be a summer of movement. Cool. Cool. Yeah. We are going to, um, and um, we've already purchased some books. We're going to have like a little mini book club. That's all right. Uh, Cause one of the things that I want to focus on is helping um, the kids with reading comprehension and yeah. the ability to analyze literature. Um, um, and so we're going to be doing some of that while, you know, CJ is also going to be, um, prepping for the SSAT and, um, we're going to do some school visits. Um, we're trying to get some school visits knocked out, um, in, uh, early in, er, in mid August. So cool. it's going to be a pretty, it's going to be a pretty busy summer. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds yeah. like it. Sounds like it now. Yeah. So I, you know, gotta, gotta ask this question down the line. Is Zora going to be able to go to boarding oh, school as well? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, I mean, so one of the things, so, you know, my educational background, I, I was a sociology major and I focus on the issue on race, class, and gender. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I tried my very best to do is to, um, to walk the walk, yeah. so to speak. And so, you know, we don't, uh, well, as consciously as we can, we don't do any gender differences here um, in our house. Um, and if we, now this is the thing, I would say this. We let CJ go to boarding school because based on my experience working with hundreds, if not thousands of students, right. I felt he had the skill set necessary to be successful in boarding he school. He was the type, he was a boarding school kid. Like he could exactly. do it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Zora would have to demonstrate that also. Yeah. So if she didn't go, it would be because I didn't think she was ready, not right. because she's a girl. Gotcha. Um, but, you know, <laughs> you know, the, based on, 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 on the, uh, on the data sample thus far, <laughs> I think she's going to be okay. Yeah. Cause, um, cause there's a force of nature. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, uh, we will do our very best to make sure that she maintains that level of confidence, um, moving forward, you know, already teachers talk about her being a leader in class. Yeah. Um, academically, she seems to be comfortable. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I think that she's uh, on her, and you know, there's that there's that sibling thing. Yeah, she, she wants she, she made it clear that she wants to go to junior boarding school. She made it clear recently that she wants to run track. Ah. Um, you know, my son plays squash, and so she started um squash program down the street. That's it's called fantastic. Metro Squash. Yeah, Metro Squash. So, I know Metro Squash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's um, you know, she is she's very much driven by what her brother's doing. That's cool. That's cool. You know, I and I think I'm glad you made that distinction. And, you know, not everybody who listens to this podcast understands 
independent school, understands boarding school, uh, but it's, it's a very important distinction to make about the type of kid that is ready for boarding school, right? So not every right. child in every family is going to be that that child. Um, and I, I, I would probably say your family is unique in that you grew up they grew up on a boarding school campus, right? So, so they, you know, they they had a chance to see and probably spend time around some very, um, you know, some some kids who had really good. They were really good role models yep. to your kids at an early age um, as they were making their transition into boarding school, going through boarding school, and that probably helped along with obviously mom and dad being very much engaged in their education, in their schooling, in their upbringing. Yeah, like, like my kids have been hanging out, surrounded by engaging folks who are um, Rhodes Scholars, yep. <laughs> Marshall Scholars, um, you know, MDs now, you, you know, yeah. um, um, educators, lawyers, like that whole deal. And, um, you know, <laughs> so CJ, when I was traveling, do my boarding school travel and my wife was working, we had to find someone who's going to take CJ to his ride to school every day. And as soon as I realized the need, one student came to mind immediately. This is a guy named Will Harris, who was from Atlanta, um, incredible athlete. And, uh, and I reason why I picked Will is because I knew that Will was about the business mm -hmm. and I knew Will would be dependable he'd be responsible. And so, and, and he was, he was never late. You know, um, he was, um, um, you know, I knew that CJ was going to be safe with him and it was so great. You know, fast forward a few years, we were walking into a restaurant one day and I look up and the game is on. I think Chicago bears are playing, um, the Detroit lions. And I just say, CJ, look, that's well, wow. remember Will Harris? You know, and it was kind of cool for, you know, you know how kids get people on TV. Right. Um, so it was kind of cool to see the guy that, you know, he so wanted to be like. You right. know, and and it, what crazy was, the crazy thing was CJ said, when he used to take me take me to my ride, I asked him what he wanted to be when he grew up. And he said, I want to be an NFL football player. Right. And CJ remembered that. There you go. And there he is on the screen. And I think, you know, those type of experiences are good for our kids. Absolutely. Because I think it reinforces the idea that, you know, if you put in some hard work, um, then you can achieve your goals. Yeah, that's fantastic, man. Yeah. I um, yeah. I, you know, I think you've said you, you've actually said a, a lot of great things, not just about obviously your kids, but I think that all parents need to be aware of. Um, and I hope parents really, you know, take heed to that. And the idea of like who you surround your kids with yeah. is such an important piece of their individual growth, right? Their their learning is not just doesn't just come from books; it comes from the people around them, right? So the people you surround yourself with are, are, are so important. I'm so, sure. I'm sure your mom, your dad, and your aunties and all them told you you the same thing. But I tell my kids all the time. If you surround yourself with good people, that's half the battle. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, and if you surround yourself with people who aren't good, 
you're going to live a rough life. Yeah. Well, I just had a conversation with my son today because he was playing basketball with some kids at school who clearly don't know as much about basketball as he does. And they were changing the rules. And I said, <laughs> I said, look, one thing you need to know is that when people aren't good at something or when they feel like somebody is better than they are at something, they tend to try to change the rules in their favor. Like and voters' rights. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I, I, did, I almost almost went there. Almost almost went right to the whole political piece, right? And I stopped myself. I was like, I, you know what? We're not ready to have that conversation. I don't want to get bogged down in that this afternoon on the way home. But then I, I but then I did say to him, I said, look, you have two ways you can handle it. I said, one is you can stick around and try to change it within that situation that may work and may not work. Or you can say, hey, I am going to play this game the right way. Anybody who wants to play this game the right way, you come over here, you play with me. Mm-hmm. If you want to mm-hmm. stay over here and play the game wrong with somebody who don't mm-hmm. know what they're doing, you stay over here. I said, mm-hmm. the most important thing you need to know is that this is your opportunity to decide how much you're willing to put up with in a situation that somewhere someone else is trying to make up their own rules. Absolutely. And why deal with the frustration? I got a question for you, JB. Yes. So you and I both educators. We work with young people. Yeah. We've read all the literature. We know what it is. We know, for example, that you know, everyone is on the same schedule. You know, we've worked with students who initially was a little scary, mm-hmm. but then the switch came on and nothing could get in the way. I'm aware of all of that. Yep. And you're aware of all of that. Are you, however, able to put that in context when you're dealing with your kids? Man, (laughs) that is a great question. Oh, There are times when I'm just like, 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 no, I'm going down that road. And then I say to myself, yo, CL, He's good. Yeah. Oh, she's good. You know, just just let just, it happen. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, I, I, yeah. Yeah. What's the no, that's that's a great question, and the and the short answer to that is is hard. Um, and the the slightly longer answer to that is, um, is mostly hard because um, you want you want to you want to help your kids along. You want to, you know you want to be nurturing to them. You know what I'm saying? You want to make sure that they have that cushion. Um, And so that's the hard part. It's like, I want to be there as the cushion, but I also don't want to stop him from falling. Right. He needs to fall a little bit. Right. And so that's the, that's the thing that I'm always working on. And, and actually even more difficult is my wife. Cause I don't Mm -hmm. think she, you know, she's, she's a mother. Right. right. Oh, no doubt. They don't. They their whole, you know, their their whole lives are protecting their kids, and so when things go wrong, it's like we need to fix it, and and I have to from the educator perspective, I'm like he'll be okay, you know. So it's okay that he's not reading the same place where X person is reading, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Like he doesn't have to. He, he doesn't have to spell ten letter words as an yep. eight year old right now, but 
he'll get there. And I, and I know he'll get there because he's a bright kid because he has parents who are always engaging him in his work and, you know, helping him through it. And we, when I, when I can get her to step back a little bit, then everybody's moving in the same direction. When I can't get her to step back and little, you know, let him do it, then I have to, step in right i have because otherwise i i'm sleeping on the couch if i don't step in you know <laughs> what I'm so so and it, but i think we figured it we're we're figuring it out and it's, yeah. it's always uh it's never easy um we <laughs> came to this, this came to this conclusion the other day that the that the kid is my oldest son is i don't know whether he's some kind of like spelling savant or what but <laughs> He doesn't study for his spelling quizzes that they do every week in school. And somehow he comes home with all the questions right. Now, you know, I could stop. I stopped short of saying the boy cheating because <laughs> I, I know he's smart. But I'm like, man, he he's like barely studying for this. But I know ultimately that a lot of it has to do with the fact that some things people don't need to spend a lot of time on and they can be good at it. And I think this is one of those things that he doesn't have to spend a lot of time on and he's good at it. So um, that was a super long answer to that question. Yeah, I, I, it's a great question. I, though. I, I totally agree with you. Cause I, there was a, when CJ was still here in Chicago, he's playing the violin and he forgot the violin one day. And I told, and I, and I, I oh, and I went and got it. And I told him, bruh, you got to be more responsible. I'm not bailing you out again. Yeah. No sooner said than done. A couple of days later, um, <laughs> we put up in front of school and he stopped short and he says, daddy, got my violin. And I looked at my son and said, well, I guess you're going to have to sit this one out, bruh. Yeah. When everyone else is playing, you just sit there and watch. Yeah. And he got out the car and I drove away. And oh no, I take that back. That wasn't time. He didn't forget the violin. He forgot um a project he worked on. Mm. Take that back. Project that we worked on. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Right before. We put in a lot of time. Right. And um when he got to school, he said I forgot the um, you know, the project. And I was like, well, you just gonna have to take the, you just gonna have to deal the consequences. Right. You know, call it your teacher. And it was hard. It was hard. Like I'm driving down the street, like, um, you know, and then like, you know, I I uh, I called my wife and you know, she was like, Why don't you go get? It? I'm like, I'm not gonna do that. You gotta learn, you know. Because my my words gotta be my bond. Yeah. My, my kids gotta know that when daddy says something, daddy means it. Right. And um, and the great thing was he had to email it the night before. So there was a copy, copy of it. Of it. it was right. That it was done. Right. And so um, any type of penalty he had to deal with, it wasn't, it wasn't too severe. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's the way you learn lessons. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, um, I mean, I love that. I love that story because that is something that um, I think <clears throat> oftentimes parents forget that, uh, that's part of parenting, right? Is like that again. That moment of allowing him to to fall a little bit, right? Because it could be that you propping him up all the time. Every time he he leaves something, you driving back and yeah. forth to to bring it to him. 
You know, I watch parents at my school now who will carry their kids book bags into the building. What is that? You know, will turn around or who let their kids not come to school because they quote unquote sick because they didn't do their homework. Uh, I know a parent who does their kids homework. I'm like, y'all, you're not helping your kid. This is the thing I always understand, JV. Um, I am very much in touch with my mortality. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've always, no, again, you know, being a black man, like, you know, you, you can't take anything from anything for granted. And when we decided to have kids, I felt like my mandate was to make sure that I make my kids as self-sufficient as possible, as quickly as possible. Cause I'm not going to always be here to do the heavy lifting. So that was my first kind of like mandate. Second was I wanted to be happy. Third was I want to be good to people. Yeah. Um, And like, you know, I feel like if if I can get those three covered then all the other stuff is going to fall into place. Um, But yeah. So, yeah, no, man, I, I, I love that. I'm actually, I'm right there with you on that because I, I don't know whether, um, man, I don't know. I don't know where that, that, where that everybody should do that. Everybody should feel that exact same way about how they are, you know, the foundational pieces for their kids. Uh, and that's something that's truly important to me. And I, one of the things that we've been working on and it's probably the thing that hurts me the most when it happens is, uh, is being honest, right? Like, huge piece for me and i know we live in a world where that's not the case for everybody people don't care about being honest people Mm -hmm. don't care about having you know high uh uh morals right but but that's something that's really important for me and that's something that i tell my son i was like look at the end of the day son nobody can take your morals your respect away from you and if the and that only comes if you are the type of person that people can trust, yeah. right? If you, if you are an honest person, if you are, I mean, almost honest to a fault. And I find myself having a hard time trying to get that through to him. Cause it's so important for me. Um, and he'll sure. learn, you know, he's eight. Um, Maybe, I don't know if it, is it a boarding school thing because honesty is an incredibly important thing to me too. And I, you know, I, 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 I harken back to when we worked in boarding school Yeah. But that was a very big deal, yeah. right? Like when 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 a dean asks you, like I I've been in several situations where a dean will confront a student about something, and they would say to the student, "I'm gonna ask you a question. If you lie, then the issue gets more dire exponentially, right? Like you know, like even if the actual um, transgression was a minor thing." If you lie to an adult, it's a wrap. Right. And so that's one of the things that I've always, um, you know, shared with my kids. And I told them, like, we, I'm not living amongst liars. Mm. We're, we're, we're going to be a, we're, we're going to be a house of honesty. Um, and sometimes the toughest things um, um, are the thing, are the right things to do. Right. And sometimes that means, you know, presenting truth when asked a question. And so I, and I, and I actually, um, I don't know if, um, at show we had this thing called crisis. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys had it too, where 
if there was a situation where a student was in trouble or they knew of another student being in trouble, let's say it was, you know, uh, alcohol poisoning or drug overdose or suicidal ideation, whatever the case may be, they could go to any adult, say crisis, and then everything after that would be more on a counseling level. Right. And none of it would be, none of it would be um, disciplinary. Yeah, we had something similar to that. And I think, you know what, you know, I think you're, I think you're right. I think that having that be a tenant of the boarding school experience is, is really important. And so you see it in a lot of schools because people have to rely on each other. Yeah. Right. And so the students have to rely on each other. The faculty have to rely on each other and 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 holding each other accountable and and being in a position where we can say in those environments, hey, you know, I have your back. Like this yeah. is not a situation where, you know, I'm trying to get you in trouble for the sake of getting you in trouble. Like I care about you. Yeah. I want you to be safe and I want everybody here to know that they can trust each other. And that's I think that's when you when you are in a school environment where you can feel that trust, it makes all the difference in the world. And that's it's unfortunate that more schools, public and private, don't don't have that kind of sentiment built in as a as a core tenant of the school. But that's something that is probably the hardest part for me because it's something that's so important for me to the point where like it upsets me when I see my kids being around other people who don't, who don't also I, I, have that. I get it. I get it. Cause, cause then, cause then you, 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 you know, you got to fight the dark side. Right. Right. Um, but the crisis thing I implemented this year with CJ, when he went to boarding school, I basically said, you know, if ever you need to alert me about something, whatever that you think, you know, you're not sure if you want to tell me because you think I, you might get in trouble you can invoke crisis. Yeah, that's fantastic. So, a couple of weeks later, he sent me a text, crisis. So I, I, I go take a seat, take a deep breath, get ready. And I was like, so what's up? He's like, I got a C in the test. <laughs> I said, bro, <laughs> that is not a that crisis. Is not a crisis. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is not a crisis. <laughs> you know, so um, it, it, it requires some tweaking, but um. Um, yeah, I think we, uh, I think we're on the same page with that. Yeah, that's great. That's fantastic, man. This has been, uh, this has been really good. I got a couple more questions for you. Just a couple got more it. questions. Yeah. Um, you know, and this kind of goes into the vein of what we were just talking about. What are some of the things that you worry about at this point, you know, raising your kids? Like what are mm-hmm. some of the, some of the concerns that you have, you know, with the world that they're seeing, yeah, the, yeah. The where they are in their lives. So, like you, I um I try to be honest with my kids. Um, if they ask me a question, they're gonna get an honest answer. Um, I try to you know I, I make sure it's developmentally appropriate. Right. But I'm gonna tell them the truth. And so, um, you know, they are aware of the realities around them, and I am trying to prepare them to manage these things. Um, case in point, when I was working at Choate, like I, students would always say to me, with C. Lord, man, you know, you just have, you just, you, know, you always know what to say. And, 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 and you know, and, and I told him, I was like, but it's a process. 
You know, I've been doing this for a long time. So if I'm in an educational environment and someone wants to um, take a shot at a friend of action, let's do it. Let's have that debate. I got my receipts. You (laughs) you better have yours. You know, so um, I think when you you broaden your knowledge base, it provides you more confidence to engage in those environments um, instead of like, you know, shrinking into the background. So I'm, I'm. I'm I'm trying to work my kids on developing that acumen so that, you know, um, they can engage um, folks at that level. Um, but, you know, JB, man, I, like I stay, I, I lie in bed at night thinking, okay, can I get my kids in a self-defense course? And, yeah. you know, cause, it, cause I, I'm I, like everyone else, I'm worried about their well-being, yeah. you know? Um, uh, especially in this bizarre world that we live in. Um, but, you know, I think the, as parents, I, I try to do those little things, right? So I, I tell my kids about what it was like in New York City, um, hanging out in New York City when we were in the middle of a crack epidemic. Right. And how, like, you always had to have your head on a swivel, like you always had to be aware, and so on and so forth. And I'm trying to encourage them to do the same thing because, you know, it's one of those things where... In hindsight, I was traumatized by yeah. <laughs> because even though it was uh, 30 years, 30 plus years ago, I still have the same habits no matter where I go, no matter what country I'm in. My head's always on a swivel. You know, um, I make it a point to try not to look lost, even when I am. Right. Because you know, I'm so self-conscious about those type of things. I'm trying to do um, that for them. But ultimately, um, I also want my kids to understand that while there are a lot of um, nice people out there. And there's lots of tragedy in the world. Like we need to always make sure that we try to provide um, um, like it's the stuff um, from a balanced perspective. Absolutely. Uh, because there's lots of good people out there and I want them to be good people. Um, and I want them to, um, you know, take advantage of uh, times when they can. Because um, that's the thing, right? We don't know when we're going to go. Right. You might be at church. You might be at a supermarket. And so if you can't control that, while you're here with your loved ones and stuff, like, like make the best of it. Right. Now tell people that you care about, you love them, you know, um, and try to, when you are together, um, be happy. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head, man. That, that is, is so important. And, you know, we are, we're living in a, you know, uh, in a world that has, uh, was there's actually a gospel song that says we're living in a sick world, and you know, and I hate to put it in, in those terms, but the but the reality of it is is that we we do need to be um in in the moments that are are great are good and be able to 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 love those moments and love those people around us um, and be happy um, with what we have around us. And I know that's hard for some people. I know there's a lot of people who have a lot of <clears throat> things that they're dealing with and they're trying to figure out, you know, who to talk to. And, mm-hmm. um, and just, just my suggestion on my small platform, I think everybody should to try to find somebody to talk to. Um, and that's why I try to always have an open door policy with my kids. Right. You know, Absolutely. it's come and talk to me, like whatever, there's nothing you could possibly tell me that a I haven't heard before, and b, you know I won't give you the benefit of the doubt and have a conversation with you about it and and try to work through whatever we can work through because that's how much I I love you 
you know, and that's what I try to tell them every day. So um, it's hard. It's not easy. Sometimes, you know, we have our own moments where we have to stop and separate and and, and gather ourselves so we can be Before someone gets choked out. Yeah, we gotta, you know, it's, we gotta do that so we can be the best person, best people for yeah, our kids, right? So you walk it off. Yeah, you gotta walk it off. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Man, it, uh, it, so thank you, Colin, for for all of this, man. This has been fantastic. Um, yeah. Any last parting words you have for any uh, parents out there, soon to be parents, people consider- yeah. considering parenthood? Oh, absolutely. I tell people this all the time, and you know, I think that um, when people know what my wife and I do for a living, there's expectations, and when they meet our kids or whatever, you know, my kids know how to act right in, in front of company and stuff like that. And people are always like, "Oh, your kids are so amazing, so amazing." And I tell people all the time, "Look, um, we don't get manuals for being parents." And even though my work, my profession is working with young people, it's very different than being a parent. Yeah. And I tell people all the time who are about to be um, new parents, um, you try your best (laughs) and you're going to mess up. (laughs) And some days you're going to strike out. Some days you're going to hit triples. (laughs) Right, right. Um, And you just got to take the good with the bad. And, um, And know this. Um, thankfully, um, kids are resilient. So, um, even when you mess up um, now and then you're not going to break them. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, I think that, you know, I don't, I don't consider myself, um, a sage parent or anything like that. You know, I'm, I'm taking my, my, um, personal experience and all the, um, literature that you and I were exposed to, And the experience of being an educator, working with young people. And I try to um, somehow synthesize all of that. And, you know, I make decisions based on that stuff. And like I said, sometimes it comes out amazing. Sometimes I'm apologizing. See, that's the thing. My father didn't apologize. Didn't apologize right? Never, yeah. Oh, no. You never got an wrong. apology. Mm-mm. That dude was never wrong. Nope. But again, I, 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 you know, I, when I, when, when I fumble, I, I you know, you got to lead by example and you got to, you got to be able, you got to be willing to say you're sorry. Yeah. And so, um, and the other thing I was, last thing I would say is, um, I did have some trepidation about being a parent and hands down, without a doubt, my two kids is what keeps me going mm. every day. Um, as drastic and dire as the world that we live in gets, um, my those two kids are going to be my North Star, and that's why I keep on trying every day. So there's nothing there's nothing more amazing. It's beautiful, man. No, I I, I love that, and I receive it uh, because it's important for me to remember that as well. Uh, every day, you know, it's just it's another opportunity, and uh, sometimes you get it right. Sometimes you hit the home run, right? Sometimes you yep. you bunt, and <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you got lead in and take it. <laughs> just take it, right? You take one, take one for the team on that one. But um, and it's, it's it's all it's it's true, man. It's it's and it is every every day is a gem with the kids, right? Getting a chance to see them grow a little bit more, to learn something new. Those moments when they make you laugh. Uh, oh, expectedly or kids, unexpectedly, right? 
when my kids developed the ability to um, understand sarcasm, oh, oh my God, I was in heaven. <laughs> I was like, these are my, these are my people. These are people, right? Yeah. Exactly. That's a, and that's how you can tell that, that, that you are that type of person when your kids like beat you to the punch on it. It's like, whew, man, oh, that, yeah. was, that was good. Like, I can't help but to laugh at that one because you got yeah. me good on that one. Like, yeah. that was, those are, those are those moments. And it reminds me, I was like, yeah, I guess I can be a, a butthole sometimes too, right? Yeah, like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, man, Colin, this has been great. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Uh, you know, I could I could do this all day. And yeah. um, I, I love this. I love this conversation. I love the fact that we've been able to, to catch up here. We're going to have to do it again sometime Absolutely. soon for sure. Um, so again, thank you for joining me. For all those people out there listening, to Daddy Confessions. Thank you for listening. Peace. Thanks for listening to Daddy Confessions. Check out the show notes for more information about some of the things that we talk about on the podcast and for how to reach me if you would like to be on the podcast. If you like what you heard, click subscribe share it with a friend and don't forget to give us a five-star rating and drop a review on your favorite podcast app if you would like to support this podcast follow the link in the show notes to to donate and keep this podcast going again thank you for listening and until next time remember to make time for yourself and your family peace